0: This is Pete Fletzer from Around the Galaxy. And this is ATG3. And we are excited to tell you about Podathon 2021, taking place on November 6th, starting at 9 AM Eastern and running into the night raising money for Make-A-Wish.
1: That's right, 15 Star Wars podcasters and YouTubers are coming together for an all-day event. Wait a second, an all-day event? Are you kidding? How much are we doing?
0: Well, I am one of the hosts, along with Scotty J. Rowe from the Bomb Bag cast, so I'm going to be on and off all day long.
1: Hmm, I think I'm busy that day. November 6th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having my motivator service that day.
0: Fine. It seems a little selfish, but... Find. Among big-name guests from the Star Wars universe, including authors, actors, and personalities, the day is going to feature some of the best content creators out there. So
1: you're not doing a show?
0: Yeah, nice. Why don't you just read your bit?
1: I will. Join us throughout the day for great Star Wars content for a great cause. Mm-hmm. Plus, for every donation, mm-hmm. you'll be entered to win great prizes. That's right. But, but can I win prizes?
0: I, I don't know, AT. I, I feel like that might not look
2: right.
1: Yep, definitely getting
0: the motivator checked out that day. Yeah, okay. Well, please join us and the hosts of the amazing podcast you're listening to right now for Podathon 2021. Visit atgcast.com slash podathon for more information, links to donate now, and to the live stream starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on November 6th.
1: Do you think Alex and Molly will have me on?
0: No, I, I don't think they will.
1: Well, I'm going to ask them. Go ahead. I'm going to call them right now. Go for it.
0: No, I'm going to. i I know you. my way. I know you are. I'm up the
3: phone. Okay. Grace, peace, and welcome to Mustache, I Mean Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. I am your host, Nick Milky, and we are on a day later than normal on a Monday evening. We've started a new week. We push things from Sunday night, which is our normal time, to Monday night, but it was for good reason because we have an awesome guest and we wanted to make sure that we could get a chance to hang out and talk to him, so it was a very easy decision to change over one night um, if you are tuning in to the video pod part of this podcast if you're watching live with us on Monday evening yes this is my face yes it looks different than the last time you have seen me I this past week I think I've talked about this on Twitter last week I guess um, shaved my beard off for the first time in 11 years and it was as I like to say it was Fred Savage's fault because I live in Montgomery Alabama And the new version of the Wonder Years was here shooting in town last week, and I had the opportunity to be an extra. So I worked on the Wonder Years all last week, five days. And a funny thing about 1968, where the show is set, is people with full beards were either like hippies with full grown crazy hair and big crazy beards, or it was mostly just mustaches. So if I wanted to be a background extra, they shaved my beard off. And so. I sacrificed that. Um, I went through the traditional things. Like I came home that night and my five-year-old cried because she had never seen me without a beard before. Um, I am super uncomfortable because, again, 11 years, um, a beard kind of gives me the face that I'm used to. But it is already growing back. It will be back in short order. But in the meantime, I have this very interesting, um, hey, I've got candy in my van mustache. So we're just going to pretend like that's not a thing. And I'm going to thank you for tuning in anyhow. And hanging out tonight. So before we get to our guests, before we get to our conversation and get to our canon study, um, I do have a couple of just quick, really just one big housekeeping thing um, that I want to remind everybody of. If you have tuned in over the last few weeks, if you're paying attention on Twitter, um, you know that we have a big event coming up in just a couple of short weeks, and thats Potathon on Saturday, November the 6th. Um, this is a full day, 12 hour podcast stream that is being hosted by around the galaxy and the bomb Bag cast. It involves our show star Wars explained Tarkin's top shelf. Um, I'm going to get somebody left out. Tatooine sons, blue bantha milk company, Imperial Senate, hollow chronicles, pink milk, force connect beyond the blast doors, live space waffles and bro axiom. We are all doing a live charity podcast stream that goes the whole day to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, everybody's working really hard to get awesome guests into a bunch of fun stuff. I am thrilled, and I think we announced this last week or the week before, but our guest for that day is going to be Paul Young Lee. You know, Paul, he has played Captain Carson Teva in The Mandalorian. He is Appa from Kim's Convenience. He has been in a bunch of awesome stuff, and he is also a huge Star Wars and sci-fi fan. So I'm thrilled that he's going to come hang out with me that morning for an hour have a conversation, help raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. But it's not even just me. Um, if you've seen some announcements earlier this week or earlier, late last week, um, all other shows have a bunch of other guests. We have Claudia Gray. Everybody knows Claudia Gray. She writes amazing Star Wars books. Charles Soule writes Star Wars books and comic books. Um, and then, of course, we also have Anne Convery. And if you don't know who Anne Convery is, she wrote an amazing short story called Bugs that is set during the Clone Wars. She is an amazing creator and artist herself. And also Dave Filoni is lucky to be married to her. So she is going to come hang out that day. So it's going to be an amazing day. These are just some of the guests that have been announced. There's more announcements coming over the course of the next couple of weeks as we get to Saturday, November the 6th. There's going to be a raffle. So anybody that donates to Make-A-Wish, I think it's every $5 you donate enters you for a raffle. We've already got some amazing giveaways that are being donated. We've got more on the way. So all of that to say, you need to set your reminders for Saturday, November the 6th. It's going to start at nine in the morning Eastern time, and it's going to run all the way through nine o'clock or even later that night. We will end the day with Force Connect, which is everybody's favorite call in Star Wars virtual pub where we're going to have folks hanging out, having a drink, talking about the day, talking about all the different stuff and all the amazing guests that have gone on. And as we said, the whole point of it is to benefit the Make a Wish Foundation, which is a very, very worthwhile cause and charity. And I'm honored to get to be a part of it. And I know all these other shows are super excited to spend the day talking Star Wars and doing it for a great cause. So be sure to set your reminders. Be sure to check that out. And you will see more announcements. If you want to follow it on Twitter, it's at the Podathon on Twitter, or you can go to atgcast.com forward slash Podathon. And you can also Keep up with everything that's going on there. Keep up with the announcements, the guests, all that fun stuff. So I just want to remind you about that. I will remind you again over the course of the next couple of weeks and hope you will join us. Hope you can donate to Make-A-Wish and hope you can hang out that day. So all of that stuff aside, housekeeping aside, announcements aside, we have an amazing guest tonight and he is a return podcast of the Wills All-Star. He was with us actually just within the last couple of months. Um, Also a very charitable minded person. In fact, just this past Saturday, he participated And I believe it was the Rebel Reads um, event that helped, you know, raise money and provide awareness for literacy and books and kids and reading and all those really important stuff. Um, You know him as a voice actor. You know him as a narrator of probably every favorite Star Wars book you've ever listened to. Um, He is a Star Wars fan and ambassador. He goes out. He went to New York City Comic Con the other week and dressed up and had amazing costumes and pictures and all that kind of stuff. And he's also a person of faith, which also plays into the conversation that we have tonight. Looking at our canon study, um, Jerry, I see you in the comments and you're correct. He is Markian Rowe. Um, it was on this show not that long ago that our friend Dave, I mean Dave, our friend Mikey pointed out that Mark Rowe had a John Malkovich vibe and kind of connected that dot, which was a lot of fun. so without further ado, I'm excited to welcome back uh one of my favorite guests mr mark thompson
2: wow what an
3: intro thank you good to see you again how are you dude how are (laughs) you doing really well excellent i'm so glad that you're joining us again tonight and that we get the chance to hang out and dig a little deeper into our canon study here in a few minutes but yeah me too um before we get to all of that you've had a bunch of stuff going on lately obviously you went to comic-con you had rebel reads um We also have a whole bunch of Star Wars things that are on our horizon. Actually, before we get to that, let's do this. When you were on just a couple months ago, we didn't know, or the word hadn't gotten out yet, that you, sir, Mr. Mark Thompson, (laughs) were going to be a part of Visions.
1: Yeah. And Visions
3: (laughs) dropped, and we got that tease kind of right there, right before, and you were able to announce that you were part of the voice cast for Visions. And it was phenomenal. You were the drummer in Tatooine Rhapsody. You were also in the Twins. Is that right? You were the Imperial officer. Yeah. Um, And were you in something else or were those the two? Uh, Those are
2: the two. Those are the two. I I did. uh, Um, uh, Yeah.
3: That was amazing. I loved everything about Visions. I loved everything about that whole series. It was so neat to get to approach Star Wars in a way that I'm. That's not my normal conversational style, if you will. Yeah. Um, I know about anime, but have never really spent any time with anime. So it's outside of, I guess, my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But it was so great to get Star Wars. And there are so many of those episodes in particular that I just was intrigued by. The Ninth Jedi, like I want more of the Ninth Jedi. The yeah, duel, I, want, I can't wait to read the <laughs> duel book. Yeah. Um, but tell us, if you can, just a little bit about your experience getting asked to do Visions, being a part of Visions, because that was just amazing.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to hear that you liked it. Um, yeah, it was really awesome. I, I actually come, I can't remember how much we talked about this last time or not, but I actually got my career started doing animation. Uh, so right. I, I uh, primarily, uh, before I did any of the Star Wars audiobooks, did a lot of cartoons and a lot right. of anime. Uh, I, I'm on like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, um, mm-hmm. Shaman King and uh, a couple other shows. And, and so I've done a lot of dubbing work. And uh, a buddy of mine, Mike Center Nicholas, who owns NYAV Studios, uh, they were the ones that got to do the English dubbing for the Star Wars Vision stuff. And he knew what a huge Star Wars fan I am, and uh, <laughs> knew that I did the audio books. And so when it came time, they were trying to get you know actors together, and 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 I think he kind of suggested me, you know, what about Mark? Like he does this, and they were like, oh, that'd be that'd be great, yeah. So like. It was ba- I basically owe it to Mike and I'm very grateful that he thought of me because <laughs> uh Absolutely. that's been a, a huge dream of mine uh, it was an answered prayer to get to be in a Star Wars cartoon because uh and it was kind of a colliding of my two worlds because like mm-hmm. I've done a lot of anime and I've done a lot of Star Wars audiobooks but I've, I haven't done the Star Wars animation yet so it was really fun to have that kind of you know coincide and and it, it was awesome and, and I got to go in like um I think it was a couple months it was it was either two or three months before they actually released them. Um, And, you know, when you're dubbing, it's really cool that they did it this way because they have the Japanese studios uh, build it from the ground up. So it's just, it was like authentically anime. Like it was like done by these studios. So by the time the English actors were called in, the animation is finished. You're hearing the Japanese performances and there's so much to work off of like there's like you know when you do a prelay show um you're doing the voice and you just have the script and you have no idea what it's going to look like they might have some concept art for you you know um and so that's a fun challenge because you're kind of helping shape what it might be and the the animators might be influenced by what you do but then a different type of fun challenge is when you see the animation and that can inform Mm -hmm. you know when it comes to you fully developed. developed. Yeah. So, so I got to see, you know, Tatooine Rhapsody ahead of time. And I, I liked it. Like I, I love the, the kind of that, that particular style of animation. And I thought it was really funny and quirky and cool. And, and uh, it was great. And then the, the twins episode, I did some ancillary characters in that. So I got mm-hmm. to see that. And um, so, yeah, and, and I'm a, I, so I, I only got to see uh the twins Tatooine Rhapsody and I, I got to see the elder just because. He had it up on Pro Tools, and he allowed me to sure. sneak peek. But uh, well, the and other wasn't ones it wasn't all new. Tatooine Rhapsody and the Elder—that was the same studio, right? I can't remember if that was. A, you might be right. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Remember I think that's it
3: right I, because yeah. I remember because it's the two the two guys that run that studio. It was almost like one was the one guy style. That, I'll tell you what was really helpful and what I really loved because, of course, like any podcaster, I went on shows and spent time, you know, taking them all apart and ranking uh-huh. and talking, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah, whatever but on Disney plus in the extra section, there's a featurette for every single one yes. of them. Yes. And I got as much out of those featurettes almost as I did watching the shows themselves because yeah. I love hearing the stories of like the one, uh, the one studio guy who was literally like, I've been doing this for 30 years and this is the thing I'm going out on. Yes. I, I love, love Star that. Wars. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't wait, you know, and he was like, I mean, I'm not saying they'll be gone forever. If they want me to do another Star Wars, I'll do another Star Wars." Right. But like for him, it was validation for his whole career, which is really powerful because he's done amazing other anime things. But yeah. when Star Wars comes calling and you, you know, have experienced this in your own personal and, you know, working life, like, what's the top of that mountain? That's the top of that mountain. It's Star Wars. And so (laughs) I loved hearing those stories. I loved hearing the creation. And I think of the nine, there were two studios that did two um, shows or maybe the one, actually I'll tell you what ninth Jedi was the one that they did two stories and they put it together as the one deal. Um, But I think that's right. I think Tatooine, Tatooine, rhapsody and i think the elder are the two that were the okay. same studio yeah but showcase the two different distinguished styles so that would make yeah. sense that you got to see both of those yeah um well and i think with you know and obviously this is a very nonsensical common sense thing to say but star wars and anime are natural bedfellows because oh, totally. obviously we know the origins that lucas had with kurosawa and mm-hmm. with his fascination with you know, Eastern movies, Westerns, you know, the the marrying of all these, you know, the Ronin as a concept, all these different things. And so it's just one of those deals that like when we get it, we're like, of course, we have Star Wars anime. Why would right. we have Star <laughs> Wars anime? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I really hope that it came across in a way that was successful enough that they're going to do some more, because I really think there's more ground for them to cover, even if it's not continuations of any of these stories. Yeah, although. Multiple episodes lend themselves to continuation. Oh. Lapanocho yeah. could go more. Ninth Jedi could go more. You know, obviously we have the dual book um, or the mm-hmm. Ronan book, so there's going to be you know places for it to keep going. But I, it's it's fun to me in a different. It's not Star Wars What If, but it covers a different ground
2: that also yeah. fills the same slot. So I'm really excited to see if we get more of that. Yeah, I I, I really hope they do because. It's like you said, like it's so fun watching Star Wars through the lens of of these artists and, and kind of these studios mm-hmm. and just seeing how they interpret it. And for me, the duel and the ninth Jedi were my favorites. And I, right. I, I would love to see continuations of those two and, and just uh, it's such cool story ideas. And so, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and very, very, very true to. Stuff that's come before, but very original and kind of going in, in, in a in a believable tangent or kind of, you know, it, 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 was, it was different enough that it's like, wow, that's really exciting. Like I, I like just the idea that a lightsaber that changes depending on who wields it. Yes, I, I think it's such so a great, great concept and like, mm-hmm.
3: well, and it, there was also it was very obvious, especially in all those featurettes, every single creator who worked on these episodes have such a reverence for Star Wars. That one of the things that stood out to me was like even using the duel as an example, you get a Trandoshan, you get the subult the Doug that's in the probe droid flying across like you get all these what we would call Easter eggs or fan service. But for these creators who have such a reverence for Star Wars, like it's an honor for them to get to include those things. We got tons of Wilhelm screams. We got, you know, almost every episode had somebody saying bad feeling, (laughs) you know, we got (laughs) these things that to us. And of course, to my, you know, level of being a star Wars nerd, I'm like, they didn't have to do that. But like, it's an honor for them to get to do that because of how they love star Wars. And I would do the same thing. Like I'm writing a Halloween Star Wars short story right now and I'm already going, what are the references? What are the things that I want to, you know, throw in there? Yeah. Because at the same time you're like, but that's what we do with Star Wars. We plug it in. Right. Whether it's Mandalorian looking for the Easter eggs or whether it's visions. Um, So I really love the reverence that the creators obviously have for, you know, the property and getting to put their spin on it. I just really think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um well speaking of that so we got visions we get that out of the way but we are also we've got the Halloween deal that dropped at the beginning of this month the frightening mm-hmm. tales i forget that's not the right name um but we're also heading towards Book of Boba Fett and we've got news about you know November 12th when Disney Day Disney Plus Day is going to happen and hopefully we're going to get some Obi-Wan footage hopefully we're going to get maybe some Cassian Andor oh, wow. footage like we have so many things on our horizon is that speculation
2: books? or have they said
3: that I we're think it's crazy. speculation as okay. far as the Andor and yeah, but it would stuff. make sense because um, Andor. Yeah.
2: done. Yeah. They're both done filming. So they're both
3: done filming. And I think at least, you know, some sizzle, some thing, maybe a release date, you know, whatever it might yeah. get. Um, of course, we're still kind of waiting on a book of Boba trailer um, that I guess we hope we might get. So with all the things that we have on the horizon, of course, there's still books. Is there anything in particular? without giving away anything you're working on, obviously that you're super excited about. I mean, I think book of Boba is probably an easy one to be yeah. excited about. Um,
2: what yeah. else on the star Wars horizon intrigues you? I mean, the thing I'm most excited about is probably the Obi-Wan series. Like just, Absolutely. just cause I've wanted it for so long. I, I, you know, I wanted it. I wanted a movie and it's kind of what we're getting. We're just getting a right. really long movie <laughs> broken up, broken up into chunks. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really looking forward. That's probably the thing I'm most excited about. But like, honestly, it's like next year is kind of the year of Star Wars, right? Because we get because it's like you said, yeah. like we I think we're aren't we getting all three of those next year? Or is I think or we're getting get, them. Yeah, we're getting Boba
3: at the end of this year on the 29th. Right. Yeah, which is yeah. going to obviously carry majority into next year yeah um i think cassian and obi-wan are both slated for next year unbelievable and and then still know, we... mando
2: season three and then or is that yeah. not
3: Mando's? Still... it's just started shooting so okay maybe by the end of next year but we've also know we've got another season of bad batch on the horizon somewhere yeah. that's great um, so it, it's, <laughs> like, it's a it it's <laughs> an embarrassment of star wars riches yeah totally else. yeah, yeah. Um, which we're all very excited about so one other question for you, and this will excuse me, kind of help pivot us into our canon study tonight. Um, you know, a lot of times when I have guests on, I ask, you know, their Star Wars origin story, but you were on recently, as I mentioned, and we've already talked about that, yeah. And so, I think something fitting as we're talking about, you know, kind of the religious implications of Star Wars, the ways that we, you know, have these big powerful moments, what is Mark Thompson's, and it can be more than one, um what are your Star Wars spiritual experiences? What are the moments that have hit you in your life? Whether it was seeing, you know, the dual sunset on Tatooine the first time, whether it was finding out you get to work and start, you know, what are some of your Star Wars spiritual
2: experiences that really kind of spoke to you and moved you? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think that the biggest one is... Luke meeting Yoda for the first time. Okay. And just the whole switch of how, you know, you're judging this person, this preacher by its appearance, and you're making a snap judgment about them only to realize, (laughs) you know, this is the person you were looking for all along. And just, just the whole idea of not judging a book by its cover and not judging something by its appearances. And, you know, there's, there's a, I'm a, I'm a Christian and there's, there's a scripture that talks about, um, God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I, you know, to me, that's Yoda and Luke's meeting there. (laughs) It's like, you know, what is this weird like thing, you know? And, and it's like this, this, this fool, you know, has more wisdom than, than, than Luke could possibly know. And just, I think, I think that was incredibly moving. I think the, the X-wing where, where Yoda lifts the X-wing out of the swamp is probably my all time, favorite scene in cinema and my Mm -hmm. all time favorite star Wars scene. Um, And there's just so many lessons I get out of that. Like just the, the, you know, Proverbs chapter three, verse five talks about, you know, trusting the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. And just Mm -hmm. there's so many times in my life where (laughs) I get so trapped in what I think is possible or what, what makes sense to me or what, what I understand And, you know, trusting in the force or trusting in, for me, God, um, that that was such a powerful parable of that principle and that, you know, are just such a powerful illustration of that. Um, And then Yoda's monologue to Luke about, you know, um, you know, luminous beings are we not this crude Mm -hmm. matter? And just the idea Mm -hmm. that it's like it's the light inside of us is who we actually are. This is just wrapping paper. This This That's right. Yeah. So. So I don't know, there's so many, like I, I didn't, I became a person of faith when I was 18. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up in a religious family, but I, sure. I always feel like looking back on it now that those those things that I was enamored with as a child were planting seeds in me that allowed me to connect the dots or they kind of eventually blossomed into um the faith I have today when I was old enough to actually look at, look at, you know, how these things might mirror what scripture says, you know? So like yeah, I, I uh, um, so I don't know, like it, it's, uh, it's, it's very deep and meaningful for me. Like I really, no doubt, you know, really, I really connect with it. Well, and I think it's, Perfectly
3: on brand that when I ask you about your Star Wars spiritual experiences, they're all Yoda involved because you're a notorious Yoda lover. I am. (laughs) uh, Which which is awesome. And honestly, you know, I feel like I have always said that a couple of mine, at least in the films, the things that spoke to me, you know, the the Tatooine sunset, that first time, Luke standing out there, that music playing, like even as a young kid, it just struck me visually. It just it felt, you know, I kind of felt the weight of this kid who was lost and who wanted more but was stuck where he was and all that kind of stuff um similarly you know again it's a lot of mine tend to be visual for whatever reason but the scene in empire when luke and vader are backlit and those sabers cross that first time you can feel the weight of the beginning of that confrontation that we haven't even gotten to the crux of it yet with you know the big reveal and that kind of thing but i'll say honestly and probably my number one or two at this point is in last jedi and it is also yoda the conversation between Luke and Yoda about Padawans and masters uh, it's, yes. like as a parent and watching that, like the first time I saw it, of course, like everybody I watched last Jedi the first time. And I thought, I don't know if I like this or if I don't mm-hmm. like this, all it took was reflecting on it and seeing it again to realize that it's maybe my second favorite Star Wars wow. movie of all time. Wow. But when I took my girls to see it and sitting there watching it with my kids and when he says, we are what they grow beyond, I was just like, I'm done here. Like, what else am I supposed to say? That is the true burden of a master. Like, I want more for my kids. I want them to be better than me. I want them, you know, that just knocked my feet out from under me in a way that I wasn't prepared for, but was also incredibly beautiful. And I carry with me to this day. Like every time I think about that movie, that's the first thing that I think about is, you know, that statement of, who we are as masters and or parents, the role yeah. we have, the thing, you know, the opportunities we have for our kids to set examples, to create opportunities for them to go out in the world and do the things that even we see in Empire, which is what we're talking about tonight. You know, we talked last week um, Pete from around the galaxy was on and we were talking about parenthood and we were talking about, you know, a lot of it, of course, reflected around the Vader reveal. And, but teasing back to like Yoda and those conversations that Yoda and Luke have before he runs off to Bespin. Yoda knows what he's doing, obviously, but Yoda's making Luke make a choice, Mm. you know, and let Han and Leia die if you honor what they fight for. He's not telling him don't go. Yeah. He's setting him up to make a decision for himself and therefore own the consequences of that decision. If you stay here and continue to train, yes, they may die. If you go and rescue them, I'm not telling you don't do it, but I'm telling you, if that's the choice you make, you've cast your lot in that direction. And I really think that we don't talk enough about how Yoda set Luke up to make a decision, not tried to talk him out of it. Hmm. Um, So that's something that certainly stands out for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But tonight we're talking about defeat. And the clip that we have, I told you it was the last 10 minutes of Empire. It really, by the time I looked at it, it's like five minutes of credits in the last five minutes of the movie. But that's <laughs> fine, because what we have is Lando and Leia and Chewie picking Luke up on the bottom of Bespin, hanging on the weather vane. His hand has been cut off. He's been told that Vader's his dad. And we're wrapping up the movie. They're escaping. They're getting you know, the hyperdrive's not working 3PO tells R2 you don't know what you're doing and R2 fixes it they escape. Yeah. Medical frigate um which and I have something I'm going to come back to as far as defeat when we get into this in a second. Um and there's there's not a ton of dialogue in this last little bit that we look at as we're looking at defeat, which I think is also interesting because it's communicated in some still pretty solid and emotional ways. We've got Luke recovering and on the ship Lando and chewy are headed out to try and find han and report back um of course we have the thing everybody loves to joke about which is lando wearing han's clothes yeah <laughs> um, you know there's maybe some level of defeat in there like lando was defeated by wardrobe and <laughs> had to wear somebody else's stuff um, <laughs> but the first question i have and this is kind of we use these kind of three same guiding questions and as we always say too this is our primary text, but there's other things within the canon that we're going to reference and talk about. This is a spoiler. You know, there's no spoiler worries or no anything else. Um, what is the text telling you, Mark Thompson, based on our topic of defeat and what we got
2: in this clip that we're looking at? Um, I, th- I was thinking about this and I, I think. Um, I, I uh, when I was watching it 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 was interesting that you brought up the point that yoda doesn't specifically try to talk him out of it but he kind of you know uh guides him to say like if if this is the choice you make Mm -hmm. these these are the consequences you'll have to face you know right um and i think i think obi-wan was maybe a little bit more like don't do (laughs) that you know like correct you know and like and i think there was uh I think part of me was asking the question, like it was, is the text, you know, the, the scene, um, trying to get us to think, you know, what, what leads to our defeats or kind of, kind of like in retrospect, like what, is there anything we could have done differently or, you know, you know, and again, kind of like, there's a, there's a scripture in uh, Proverbs that talks about like pride coming before the fall, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, the, um a haughty spirit before the, you know, the <laughs> crash or whatever. <laughs> right. I, I think that there's a, what it made me think of is if, if Luke had been a little more humble, maybe he wouldn't have lost his hand. And, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's, well, and I think it sets up
3: another interesting point. And I thought about this as you were talking about Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan was a little more, like you said, staunchly like, don't go do it. Stay yeah. here. Yoda yeah. knows what he's talking about. But I think part of that is informed out of Obi-Wan's trauma. He lost Anakin. He wow. saw, what happens when you head off and don't complete your training, or don't listen, or don't yep. temper yourself a little yep. bit? And not that Yoda's not aware of that, but Yoda's nine hundred years old, and he's trained a bunch. Of, he's been through Padawan, yeah, 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 yeah. But Obi Wan, that was his guy, and so wow. I feel like you know, even Great. those years advanced, he was informed by that trauma, and so you know, even if it was the short period of time that he had Luke, there's a protection element that goes into that that maybe Yoda is a little bit more like. You know, it's like first kid, fourth kid. We joke about that because I have four kids. <laughs> you know, when you have your first kid, you wipe down the shopping cart and you put the thing on the table at the restaurant and you do all this other stuff. By the time you get to the fourth kid, you're like, Are they breathing? Cool, we're good. We don't have to worry right, about right. any of that. Like, yeah, 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 Yoda's yeah, been yeah. through this before. He knows you know point. what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, but continue, um, you know, what you saw, you know, as far as defeat is concerned in this text.
2: Like, I think, yeah, like I think so there there's there's to me like there's this sense of, if only I would have listened, you know, like if only I, if I would have paid attention and, you know, not just kind of like, like Luke can't see any other way. Like all, all he sees is that Han and Leia are suffering and like, you know, I I can't see any other path to victory. I can't see, there's no other way that makes sense to me to do this. So I, I have to do it this way. And he's not even open to the possibility that there might be other ways and not even, Oh, you know, and, and, and so I think it's like, he's, he's so sure of himself and he's, he's not having the humility to try to like, take in what they're saying, you know? And, sure. and I think that if he did, it's like, it'd be an interesting what if, or, you know, what could have been different if he, if he had, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, uh, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself or not, no, but you're like fine. the, ahead. uh, the, the other thing that, cause I actually rewatched the scene. Cause you told me we yeah. were going to talk about it tonight. And I was, and what, what popped out at me tonight, just maybe it's because I knew we were, kind of like talking about spiritual principles, but um th- there's also a, a scripture, you know, that talks about if your hand causes you to sin, cut off your hand. And the, <laughs> the, the concept is, is that it would be better to lose your hand than to lose your soul. Right. You know, um, now most commentaries that talk about that particular scripture don't feel that it was a literal thing Correct. of chopping your hands off because then you'd have a lot of one-handed and blind Christians walking <laughs> That's around, right. you know. Um, but it's it 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 was symbolic of mm-hmm. this is how seriously you should take That's right It was the symbolic things of commitment. That would keep you away from God or, or things that would lead you astray, you know and right. I, I thought it was interesting that um, you know in in defeat, we will suffer consequences. and like you know, when sure. we fail, there's gonna be consequences. and sometimes those consequences are really painful <laughs> and they're 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 really um you know, lasting. um but, sometimes there's a there's a blessing in defeat like sometimes it would be better to lose your hand than to lose your soul and i I thought it was interesting that like luke yes he loses his hand but he learns from that defeat and he's able Mm -hmm. to you know like learn what he could have done differently think about and now and then he comes back stronger and he doesn't lose his soul and then ultimately that's right if we jump if we skip ahead Vader loses his hand but Vader doesn't lose his soul ultimately like he's able to redeem his soul so it's like you know um like to me it was maybe saying um look for ways you can learn from your defeats look for mm-hmm. ways you can come back stronger from your defeats you know absolutely um, yeah
3: and i feel like for luke exactly what you're saying like it tempered his resolve like what we get of luke at the end of empire you know of course he's defeated he's got the robot hand he's standing there with leia on the medical frigate they're watching lando and the falcon fly away to go find han while he's recovering But we pick back up at the beginning of Jedi with a relatively fully formed Luke Skywalker showing up in Jabba's palace. And, you know, I know somewhere somebody has done the research and what the supposedly, you know, the amount of time that has passed. It's not a giant amount of time. It's obviously enough that they've written comic books about it and things to fill in that space. (laughs) Yeah. But like that again, that steeled Luke's reserve to go. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go. Get my friend. I'm gonna go either get my dad or kill my. Like he shows up and he's ready for business. And so, like you said, he didn't lose his soul. He didn't die. He didn't give up. He lost his hand. Yeah, but it was kind of an inciting event for him. It rallied him to go forward. Now, I will say on the other side of that coin, and I thought about it while you were talking about consequences um, of failures and consequences of maybe losing a quote unquote hand. One of the things that I wrote down, and of course. I'm sure I've noticed it in the past. You notice it more earlier in Empire. But there's a look of defeat on the Imperial officer when the Falcon jumps to hyperspace and Vader just turns around and he just kind of steps. Because we've seen that already. You know, I'll take, you know, apology accepted, Captain Nita. And that whole deal, that officer steps up and we don't get to see any of it, but we don't have to because we know (laughs) what's happening. And he is stepping up in that moment of defeat. Like they got away and somebody's going to pay for it. And what I love so much, of course, is you get the close-up shot of the officer, and then next thing you get is the wide shot of Vader just turning around on the bridge and walking towards the camera, and we're like, enough said. Like we did it.
2: But that's
3: the consequence of that defeat. And he, of course, suffered the harsh version of that consequence, we can all but assume.
2: And and what I I noticed the exact same thing when I was watching it. And I thought I love that you said the other side of that coin because it's from again from a spiritual perspective, it's interesting because with the Empire failure means you're done you're dead you're force choked you're over but on the light side failure means okay you made a mistake but there's still hope like you can Mm -hmm. still change there's redemption it's that classic
3: it's the classic trope even honestly that george lucas built star wars on good versus evil light versus dark yep the ashla and the boga all the different things that we know yeah That have been in storytelling for generations, not just Star Wars, not just Kurosawa, not just spaghetti Westerns, but like black hats and white hats, cowboys and, you know, whatever it was, it's another version going all the way back to, as we said, and as a Christian, you go all the way back to, you know, Adam and Eve and the snake. You go, you know, there's these decision-making points and we as humans are always going to fail at some point, but the glory in the story if I can throw a rhyme in there, apparently um, is that there's redemption available and that's what we get. And that's the Luke part of it. That not only is it redemption for Luke becoming stronger, doing the things that he does, but ultimately he redeems his father, which is what we get to in Jedi, which is the huge, you know, pullback, which is why, as we talked a few minutes ago about things we're looking forward to in star Wars. um, One of the things we didn't mention is the eventual Ahsoka, series. Oh yeah. And if there's one thing I want in Star Wars more than anything else, is I want a five minute scene of Ahsoka and Luke and Ooh. Luke telling Ahsoka Anakin came back. Oh like yes. the, the power in that scene. Wow. Like that five minutes, I would trade maybe not the Obi-Wan. So I'd trade the entire Cassian series for wow. that five minute scene of, you know, a Luke and Ahsoka where she gets the opportunity to talk about losing her master. Right. And him being able to say, but you don't know he came back and just giving her that closure. I think there's a lot of power in that, because, again, redemption is also the biggest parallel in, you know, Star Wars, Christian faith, people of other faiths. Redemption is such a key part of faith. Yeah. We all want to be redeemed. We all want to realize that, yes, I even as a Christian, I'm going to screw up. I'm going to do dumb stuff. I'm going to make mistakes. But at the end of the day. God is bigger than me. Yeah. My personal spiritual guidepost is bigger than I am. Yeah, And that carries through so much of what we're talking about. That carries through. The force is bigger than Luke. And I love, you know, it goes back to your Yoda thing. Luminous beings, not just yeah. this body, not just this carbon-based life form. Right. But, you know, I also kind of translate it to Luke with Ray in Last Jedi, those training scenes. Oh yeah. It's you know, it's a modernized version of Luke and Yoda on Dagobah, but it's you know, the trees, and I love the cuts they do and kind of the symbiotic relationship yeah. of you know, life and growth and it all you know ties together. And that's what I've always loved about the force. I can say with certainty, growing up as a kid, the amount of time I spent in my bedroom trying to turn the light switch off from across <laughs> the room
2: yeah, yeah. with the
3: force, <laughs> even as a kid, I understood in my mind trying to visualize how my consciousness is collected, is connected to like the particles in the air, which are connected to wow. the light switch, which are connected to the, like it yeah. all goes together and it That's all so cool. you know makes this whole thing. But, um, but in this, and as we look at kind of, again, that we expand out even to the wider canon. Um, what are some other things that you see that relate to defeat? Obviously, you know, it's pretty straightforward in this clip. Like I said, it's yeah. a short clip. It's minimal dialogue. But we get defeat in a lot of other parts of our Star Wars canon. What are some
2: other things that stand out for you? Um, well, it was funny that you said the thing about Lando being defeated by wearing Han's clothes. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I, I took it a different way. I, I uh, um, like that. There, again, there's a scripture in Ephesians chapter four, verse 22. It says you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which was being corrupted by deceitful desires and to be being new in the attitude of your mind and put on the new self. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was interesting for Lando because Lando had a failure here too. Like he, you know, like Absolutely. he betrayed his friend and he turned them over to the empire and, and uh and he, he messed up, you know, and he, and he could have just been consumed with guilt. He could have, you know, uh, run away in shame, but instead he decides to, put off the old self and and kind of grow from that defeat and mm-hmm. whether it's like i didn't know if like putting han's clothing on was kind of symbolic <laughs> of putting on this new self like now i'm going to be absolutely like in the rebellion and instead of the the smooth suave you know that's right only well and, and like myself, you said you know? he had a defeat not
3: only with the betrayal but when we find him you know part of his kind of joke and his back and forth with han is he's trying to go legit
2: Like, he's responsible
3: Uh, for all the people in Cloud City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when he's issuing the evacuation order, like, I really do think that the Lando that we encounter at that point, some of the swagger is gone, some of the, you know, he's still all about a cape and looking good and being suave, but at the same time, he's carrying the weight of being responsible for all those people. So there's another level of defeat of he let down all the Bespinites that he had, you know, had charge of and was in care of. And so his only option was to tell them to get out. And so he has to be carrying some of that. So I really like what you said. Of course, the easy joke is he didn't have any other clothes. He just wore <laughs> yeah, Han's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, But there is a, a neat symbolic idea of who did he admire? He probably admired Han because oh, yeah. he saw who Han was. He was his buddy. He's with this woman. He's doing him. He's being independent. He's staying true to kind of Han was certainly more true to himself potentially than Lando was true to himself. Cause obviously Lando sold out for deals and sold out for what? And so maybe there was a part of him that went, I want to be more like Han, not to straight up copy him like talented Mr. Ripley, but to say, (laughs) but to say, this is how I get into that mindset. This is how I kind of set myself up to be reminded. Yeah. It's not about capes and fancy clothes. It's about looking like a smuggler
2: dude. Right, right. Um, So I really like that. I like that perspective. I think another thing that uh, is popping in my head is how sometimes um, there can be victory in defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we have to go back further than just the 10 minutes that we were, yeah, absolutely. Tonight. But, uh, but, uh, but, like, when Han, you know, is being defeated, like he's being frozen in carbonite, um, I remember even when I was a little kid, it, it stuck with me, you know, Chewie's like wanting to, like, ripped the stormtroopers apart and just like, ah, um, you know, and it's almost like, you know, Peter in the garden of Gethsemane chopping off the guy's ear and Jesus is like, no wait, You know, mm-hmm. this is, you know, you live by now this right now. is not the time. And it was, it was, it was very much what Han's doing. There's like, stop, we're going to, I need you to, we're going to live to fight this another day, you know? And, and even though Han couldn't have known what was going to happen next, but like by, by talking them down and accepting the defeat, it was actually setting up a future victory. Like it was actually, yes. you know, in, in, in And it has echoes of Mm -hmm. Jesus dying on the cross and it looks like, you know, the light has been defeated, but it was actually like this was just a small bump in the road. And then, you know, so I think that's interesting that sometimes like these defeats can seem like the end of the story, but they're not the end of the story, you know, and that, you know, we have to remember that when we face defeats, that doesn't mean our story's over. It's Mm -hmm. that chapter's over, that moment's over, but there's more to the story, you know. Absolutely. Well, and it sets up the other very classic
3: and I don't even want to say cliche, because honestly, it's one of my favorite things in all of Star Wars. But in every aspect, almost of defeat that we encounter at some point in Star Wars, the automatic follow up to it is it sets up and this is goes with what you're saying. It sets up hope. We get Rogue One and we get the defeat on Scarif and everybody's, you know, all the heroes die. We get the plans off. everybody Mm -hmm. dies and we get that scene with leia you know what did they give us hope we get you know the hope that you know the death star blows up and so there's hope going forward and that's a victory for the good guys but then within you know empire we get to that point within um you know in rise of skywalker everything's Mm -hmm. defeated all the ships are being electrocuted out of the sky with the lightning and all of a sudden it's just people and the whole fleet shows up you know, last Jedi, nobody answers the call. Like all of those defeats are followed up by those moments of hope or followed up by that thing that keeps them going. And, you know, light, you know, the spark that lights the fire and, you know, lights up the night and gives them the thing to, to guide them and drive them to where they want to be. No, totally. Um, And so, you know, obviously that is very classic hero's journey storytelling. That's very classic storytelling in general, not even hero's journey, but, you know a down followed by a high followed by a low followed by a high you know by having nope. those moments um are there any other and it sounds weird to say favorite defeat moments but in, <laughs> in 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 kind of the the big canon of all the films are there any other kind of major defeat moments that either stand out for you or you know just really hit you in a certain way that you know you kind of reflect back on
2: yeah uh I had a very similar experience to you in last Jedi um, where um, I kind of, you know, you kind of know at the end of the, at the end of force awakens, when you know that Luke has been in hiding all this time, right. you know, well, something went wrong. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. like you kind of expected him to explain what defeat had happened to him. Right. But I like, I think like you and like a lot of people, like when he's, chucking the lightsaber over his shoulder and just being so callous throughout the majority of the film it's like luke come on man like what's <laughs> going on like this is not what i want you know like um and then same thing for you it, it was when the camera pans and you see yoda's ears and yep. they have that conversation and uh you know for me it was uh failure the greatest teacher is mm-hmm. you know and like it that then the movie made sense then yes that was like Oh, wow. You know, because it's mm-hmm. like it's this idea that um, when you fail, that doesn't mean that you're that you're done like it like, right. you know, like he he you, he forgot what Yoda said. You must pass on what you have learned, you know, That's and like what you've learned. And sometimes like the the failures end up being the greatest teachers and, and some mm-hmm. of our deepest convictions when we fail, because right. it's like what you said earlier with Obi-Wan. Um, why he was so adamant about Luke not going because that that mistake that he made with Anakin, he was so like like I cannot let that happen again you know and I think yeah. that like when 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 Yoda helps Luke realize that like th- there can you, you you there's a benefit that can come from that failure that, that you need mm-hmm. to pass on to Ray like you can't let that you know and that you still have more to offer even though you made a mistake because when I make mistakes, I can feel like I can put myself in the doghouse. I can feel embarrassed. I can feel sure. ashamed. I don't want to like you know. I don't want to try again, you know, because I feel like well, if I blew it last time, and and so like that as a as a middle aged man mm-hmm. watching that scene, I was like, wait, okay, I've made some mistakes <laughs> in my life, but I still need to get back in the fight. Like I still need right. to get back in and 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 pass on what I've learned and may, maybe help the next generation not make some of the mistakes I've made, you know. So like that was, and that, so that was a uh, pretty impactful moment in terms of like you know how to view my failure and like how to view my defeat because like instead of being defeated by my defeat i can be like you know uh emboldened by it or inspired by it or learn from it and, and and kind of you know make it a great teacher
3: absolutely well and two things that sparked just out of listening to you say that i agree completely um the first one for me is with the last jedi similarly to, you know, here, you know, again, you hit it right on the head. You know, the greatest teacher failure is um, Luke's conversation with Ray when they're in that cave, sitting around that little reflecting pool and it's got the little mural and whatever. And he's talking about the failures of the Jedi as a whole. And he's talking Uh about hubris and he's talking about, you know, how they were blinded and how it was all ego. And it was, you know, all these different things. And you're sitting there going, oh, I've been there. Like it speaks to. Those moments when I thought I knew it all and I didn't and I got my feet kicked out from under me in some sort of defeat or some sort of, you know, those moments set up and made that moment with Yoda to me even more powerful when Yoda's reinforcing what Luke was teaching her that he didn't realize he was teaching the same thing that, you know, like that whole like oh crap you know i'm saying to my kids the same thing my dad said to me because that's how it works you know (laughs) know, as george likes to say it's poetry it rhymes yeah um but the other thing that i think about and i thought about this while you were talking about you know the defeat and the fear related to obi-wan and you know why he was so against luke going and this just hit me while you're thinking about so i'm forming this thought as i say it In Mando season two, when Ahsoka shows up and she spends those moments with Grogu and her decision to say, I can't be the one to teach him that's informed, not necessarily out of her defeat. It's informed out of the betrayal, which feels like a defeat that she had with her experience with the Jedi order. Yeah. Like she left the order because the order didn't stand by her. She was betrayed Mm -hmm. and in essence was defeated by what she had been raised to believe, what she had been taught. And that caused her to have that same kind of caution. I can't do it, which right. actually surprised me because of course, and we've talked about this before on the show, when Luke shows up at the end of that season two, like I'm all for it. I'm glad it, it makes the most sense. That's what he was doing at that time. All that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm glad to get Luke. But my number one prevailing theory was it would end up being Ahsoka because after that episode, she would reflect on the loss of her master and not right. wanting that to happen to somebody else. And she would have that guilt and change of heart and come back. I'm glad they didn't do that because that seemed yeah. like an easier story point or story decision to make. But at the same time, like the same thing she's informed by a different kind of trauma that was also defeat. She yeah. was informed by the defeat of leaving the order, being essentially stranded and not supported by the system that had nurtured her for most of her life and so her story to me i guess in my bigger question of where do you just see defeat in other areas her story is one that's really compelling to me and i've said many times i wasn't an ahsoka person when clone wars first came out because you know snips and sky guy and all that kind of whatever but when ahsoka showed up in rebels like from that point going forward like She's yeah. near the top of my list. Like I, I would agree, such a true Jedi, such a true representation of what the Jedi was, even to the principle of saying this isn't what it's supposed to be, and I'm walking away. Yeah, yeah. which
2: is huge. In some um, ways, the truest of Jedi. You
1: know, absolutely. Jedi, yeah, Jedi. yeah,
3: and that's and that's the thing. And like you know, even in Mando, when she says, you know, I'm not a Jedi, and yeah, it just it's so powerful. But that is also informed through the defeat that she you know dealt with and experienced in her life. Um, Boop, you're exactly right. Ahsoka, Ahsoka is your spirit character and <laughs> I'm totally on board for that. Um, any other standout defeat scenarios? Obviously, we have the classic defeats of blowing up Star Killers and Death Stars and you know, right. good guys winning, but are there any other kind of standout defeat moments that maybe teach you something or show you something in all
2: these different movies and things that we love so much? I mean, the one that's popping in my head now is just, obi-wan invader and, and just again mm-hmm. that sometimes there's victory and defeat and sometimes defeat isn't actually defeat <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know that's right um when, when you choose it it's most likely not defeat yeah 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 <laughs> it's like defeat versus sacrifice i guess mm-hmm. but like but sometimes sacrifice can feel like defeat or seem like absolutely defeat, you know so um i think uh i guess like 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 it's popping, it's popping just now, but like, yeah. um, Kylo Ren's defeat and, and kind of transformation to Ben Solo. Um, I'm not sure what that teaches us or what that, you know, like, I, I think like, um, well, I think, I think the, I well actually not so much his redemption, but just his, his fall into Kylo Ren. Sure. Is, is very interesting to me and how, um you know how like i th- i think they're probably still going to flesh out they they fleshed it out a little bit in in the books right and just kind of how he maybe resented this pressure to live up to his mm-hmm. parents and maybe his parents weren't always there for him because they were right. focused on <laughs> they were sorting their out questions. their own nonsense <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so but just how um maybe the danger of of bitterness and the danger of you know allowing allowing defeat to fester or li- like allowing a like mm-hmm. like not like when you maybe he's an illustration of what happens when you know you don't let go of your mistakes or learn from your mistakes like kind right. of how it grows and grows and grows and gets even worse and you know like mm-hmm. um so that's kind of interesting to think yeah. about you know <laughs> or like it, it kind of it almost feels like he's the kid
3: who at his most crucial and breaking point was not, didn't get the support he needed. So it was yeah. not necessarily his choice, but he, the one group that accepted him was the bad group. Yeah. And so he went down that other path. And so his opportunity to be good was defeated by, you know, the easier path, the path yeah. that was accepting, maybe not easier, but the one that was accepting to him. Um, I love what, Boop says right here, she says, in my opinion, Kylo Ren's defeat is one of the most important ones in the franchise. He had to learn that spite leaves you cold and unsatisfied. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And and that absolutely hits on it. And of course, by the time we get to, you know, and he's struggling through parent issues. We see that in Force Awakens and the stuff with Harrison on the bridge right before, yep. you know, that whole yep. thing goes down. It Again, being a dad myself, when Han Solo yells Ben in that dad voice across that cavernous empty room, like I sat up a little bit straighter in my chair and my name's not Ben and he's not my dad. (laughs) Right. Right. But I know what it's like when I yell at my kids to get their attention and there's that dad yell that, you know, snaps you too. But the defeat that comes out of that, like, you know, he's already chosen the path. He knows that Kylo's gone too far. So in those moments, he doesn't believe the redemption is there for him. Yeah, He doesn't believe, you know, he doesn't have the belief in himself, even though his dad is standing there in his face and all of that. But I also love the power of, you know, I love what it says in Force Awakens where Leia tells Han it has to be you. You know, he had Luke, but you're his father. Yeah. Yeah, She says that very intentionally, but kind of what we essentially figure out in Rise of Skywalker with that last scene when Han shows up and they're on the Death Star is Leia expended the last of her energy to give him that vision of his dad again? It wasn't yeah. to show up as the mom. It was the mom going, "I know what he needs," and we all know that moms always know what their kids need. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and that pulls him out of that defeat, out of that defeat from the first time. And I love how that dialogue mirrors the Force Awaken dialogue, you know, in some ways because even says he's like, "You're a memory. You're, you know, this," but. It's so powerful and it pulls him out and gives him enough to realize you're not actually defeated. There yeah. is something here for you. And that's what star Wars is ultimately about. We say hope all the time, but star Wars is about redemption. Yeah. It shows up over and over and over again. And it's so yeah. powerful in so many different ways. You know, I think about Callus and rebels. Callus was an Imperial and he becomes full. Oh, wow. He gets yeah, redeemed. Yeah. yeah you straight. know, we get, you know, jen for who jen was she was a part of the kind of rebel crazy whoever cassian was a spy they sacrificed themselves in a redeemed way for this greater good cause Mm -hmm. um you know luke vader obi-wan you know all these different characters that you know honestly i feel like this is very much a stretch but like maul and michael says this in the comments too he said similarly maul never learned from any of his defeats and thus lived a life seeking fruitless revenge. Great point. One dude. of the most powerful scenes in Star Wars, to me, is the um, Obi Wan and Maul in Rebels yeah. in that yeah, last yeah. scene. And there, it's not stated that there's a redemption because I don't think it's redemption, but that moment where Maul says to Obi Wan, "Was this all for the Chosen One?" And he says, "Yes." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's almost like Maul has a peace. Yeah. You know, like it gave him that moment of going, well, okay, you know, I'm over you cutting me in half. Right. And, but also that, you know, that rest and that defeat um, and realizing maybe even in that last dying moment that again, his unadulterated blind quest for revenge had, you know, there was something else there. I, I think that's really interesting and probably requires more thought than I've put into it at this point, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. um, but it's a powerful moment. So We have had a great conversation talking about defeat, talking about defeat in Star Wars, certainly in this part of Empire Strikes Back. And so we're going to wrap that up tonight. And I want to say, first of all, thank you to you for coming on and doing this tonight. It's a pleasure to have you back. I really Um, appreciate it. As we get ready to get out of here, what do you have to plug? Is there anything that you can talk about? Is there anything you've got going on that you want to bring attention to?
2: Yeah, um, I, we... I always have to make sure that I'm allowed to say things. I, we, we <laughs> just finished recording the third in the ascendancy trilogy for the Thrawn books. Okay. So the, the, the next Thrawn book and the final of this particular trilogy will be coming out uh, in November next month. Uh, and it's, it's like huge. It's like, awesome. <laughs> it's like, I want to say like 550 pages. It's, it's oh, wow. really epic and long and and it's, Awesome, <laughs> so yes, no doubt. Timothy did a great job on that, and then um, um, I don't, there's something else I'm gonna get ready to work on. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet. Okay, um, Star Wars related, yeah, so but it'll be cool. And then uh, non Star Wars related, if if you have families out there, there's a cartoon I just did that it's on Netflix now called Karma's World, and it's really sweet and ludicrous. Like, uh, helped produce it and based it on his daughter, and uh, I pay like a, a chef in there, so nice well i have a request from pete from around the galaxy
3: for you to do thron so maybe i could even get you to do a thron you're listening to podcast of the wheels.
1: this
2: is me Eurodo. you're listening to the podcast of the wheels may warrior's fortune smile on you
3: nice fantastic um Well, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear all of those things. I am desperately behind on books, and every time I get one pulled up, I'm still working on the first High Republic book, and I am listening to it on audiobooks. I'm listening to you, Um, and I like it, but what I've figured out about audiobooks, because I'm very much a traditional book reader. I like to hold a book. I like the tactile Mm -hmm. feel of a book. When I listen to audiobooks, I tend to get distracted, because the same way I listen, like I can listen to a podcast and be thinking about other things that I have going on. Uh But when I listen to the audio book, I'm missing key details while I'm also working or cutting the grass or whatever. And so reading a book makes me focus a little bit more. So I have to, you know, take my time and, you know, chill out with that. But I'm working through those and the Thrawn books, especially like I really want to go back and do a good dive into those because I know how good they are. And I love Timothy Zahn. Um, So we're excited to see all of that. We're excited to check out all those things. I did put up um, I lost it. Um, if everybody wants to follow you on Twitter, you are Captain Ehud on Twitter. Yes. And, you know, obviously when you have new stuff coming out, I'm sure you will tell us about it and we'll get the opportunity to check those things out. Um, to everybody who tuned in tonight, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure to know that we've got friends hanging out, watching the show with us. You can follow us on all the major social medias at WillsPod. Um, if you're an audio listener and you want to come back and check out the video version, it's on YouTube.com forward slash podcast of the Wills and i also just want to get in one last plug for potathon which is going to be saturday november 6th all day long 12 hours tons of star wars podcasting and it's all to benefit the make a wish foundation which is a very very worth- worthwhile charity and we are all honored to get to do our part to raise money for them so i want to thank you mark for hanging out tonight i want to thank everybody else that has listened and until we are to until we are together again next time may the force be with you Always.